Hi, and welcome back to another episode of When the Dust Settles. Thanks for coming back and listening to me ramble on about homes and renovation and interior decoration and basically all the things I love. Uh, Who's had snow this week? We had a little bit of snow, tiny, tiny little bit of snow that killed the grass seed I told you about last week, rather depressingly. So that's another trip to B&Q scheduled for this weekend. Actually, no. That would be silly because it's clearly going to get cold again, isn't it? So maybe, maybe the week after. I've been having such great chats with you guys. Everyone that signed up for the 30-minute free consultations that we've been doing, they've been absolutely amazing. And um, they've made me realize that there's quite an appetite out there for help with things like floor plans and budgets and color. With that in mind, I'm putting together workshop I'm trying to decide which area to cover because they are the three main areas that it seems a lot of people are butting up against. So I'm going to put a poll out on Facebook and on Instagram. And if you head over there and let me know which you think would be the most helpful, drop me a DM on any of those channels if you would like to know more details. It's going to be a good long workshop. I've worked out that maybe like an hour and a half is a good amount of time to get through a few things. It's only going to be for 10 people initially and we'll all be on the call at the same time on the Zoom so we can learn from each other's projects and each other's questions, um, which is always interesting, I find, to see what other people are doing with their projects and helpful. But an hour and a half to two hours should be enough time to get through everyone's questions. And yeah, so it's whatever you guys want help with most. I'm going to put the poll out. Please head over to the Instagram or the Facebook and get your opinion in there so that I can make sure what we create is what you guys want, because that's what I want to do. So with that in mind, Today, I'm going to talk about floor plans, looking over floor plans, and why it's actually a really good idea to get an interior designer, even if you don't use um, them for anything else, to look over your floor plans, even if they've been given to you by an architect. Because the difference between an architect and an interior designer is that an architect is much more focused on the building, how that building's um, going to work and the things that are sort of plumbed in, as it were, all the piping, all the kind of electrics, the building regs, how the builder's going to build things, stuff inside the walls and the stuff relating to inside the walls, rather than how you're going to live in the space. It's hard to put opinions out on that without having a really good chat with you on how you live your life, who you live with, you know, children, animals, husbands. They probably come below children and animals, to be honest, in the convenient stakes. <laughs> um, and, yeah, how you live your life, whether you do a lot of cooking, whether you do a lot of entertaining, whether um, quiet time is important to you, whether you do a load of movie nights, you know, all these things. How you live in your house very much impacts the floor plan. Um and and the furniture and the final finishes and things like that, they're not normally things that an architect will go over with you um, in much detail. Layouts of bathrooms, for example, things like that. It depends, obviously, what architect you're using. Some are much more in-depth than others, but generally you will find 
um, there's not, it, it, they don't go into quite as much detail as we would go into with things. So, if you can, it is a great idea to get an interior designer to overlook, to look through your floor plans. If you can't do that, then there are some things that I've been finding after speaking to quite a few of you guys that are probably worth knowing when you're looking over your plans and thinking about spacing things out and putting things in. Number one, let's take kitchens. There tends to be a rule that um, you want kind of a meter. I see a lot of people putting in a meter 20 in between things like islands and... um, and wall cabinets, side, well, side base units for the kitchens. If you're tight on space, you can put that to about 92 and it will still be comfortable. You'll still be able to get a dishwasher door down and walk around it. You'll still be able to walk past someone if you're cooking together in that area of the kitchen. If you need the space at the other end, if you've got an open plan and you want to put your table and chairs in there, which again... Your architect's not going to think about how big that table's going to be, how big the chairs are going to be, etc. And you need to know that information when you're space planning slash looking at your floor plan because you need the space for a chair to be pulled out from a table, someone to still be able to walk behind it. And let's say often you get the situation where you've got an island, island stools, dining table, dining chairs now all of that needs to be able to be pulled out so that someone can comfortably pull it out to sit on it and still have someone walk between those chairs when they're pulled out otherwise you're going to start to feel very cramped in the space and the more people that live in your house the more of a pain in the bum that's going to be so If it helps to move an island and put yourself in a 90 centimetre uh, gap the other side, then do that. You will be happy for it. And similarly, don't forget when you are, when chairs are coming out against a wall, again, you want space for that chair to be pulled out. Someone can walk behind it and there's sort of a bit of comfort room there. Your chairs aren't knocking onto the wall and creating marks every time you pull them out, for example. If that is the case and you don't have enough room, for that then I would highly suggest some sort of built-in bench situation banquette sort of situation there for space saving then another note on floor plans that I've been seeing and looking at is don't forget you can change the way your doors are hung now if you're opening a door and you're just seeing what you don't want to see or you feel like, for example, you're opening your door, walking into a shower enclosure, you're opening your door, looking at a toilet, have a think about hanging it on the other side. So putting the, putting the, what's the word? Oh my God, hinges. Putting the hinges on the other side so that when you open the door, you see something different. Nine times out of 10, this will work. And not only hanging it on the other side you can also make it so it doesn't open into a room but instead it opens out of a room so you pull it towards you as as you walk into a room this is a really good idea if you've got a small bedroom and you really want to be able to add like a bedside table but the door 
is kind of an issue. And if the door is opening inwards, you'll either have a problem where the door bashes into the bedside table or you'll be opening the door the other way and you'll be walking into a bed and a wall which isn't ideal. So in that situation, you probably want to try opening the door towards you. Similarly, it's the same as you would do in a WC underneath the stairs that doesn't have much space. You never open a door into that room. Makes no sense. You probably couldn't even open the door into that room. It probably wouldn't open, right? I mean, then you get a sliding door, pocket door, but so you open it towards you. That can just create wonders if you've got an issue there. Other floor plan thoughts. Again, when it comes to doors, if you're tight on space, but you are able to take a little bit of extra space for a wall, then take a look at pocket doors. Just be mindful where they are and what you're using them for and make sure they do the job. For example, if you've got an ensuite or a WC, you don't want one of those doors that is a sliding door that just sits over the wall and then closes. You won't get the privacy that you want. But a good quality pocket door, you will. You can get fireproof pocket doors too. They're a bit more expensive, but you can get them. They just you, they have to have a good steel frame and things that they go into within the wall. And then talking about fire regs as well, I've had a couple of conversations with people wanting to open up their kitchens. Um, make sure you do your due diligence with fire regs and you speak to someone first. I mean, the architect should 100% factor all this in, but I've seen a couple of examples lately where they haven't. And you won't get your building regs signed off if you have an open plan kitchen leading to a hallway that doesn't have a fire door on it if you are three floors. So if you're adding a loft... You need a fire door in your kitchen. You can't just have that open plan. Obviously, you want you need the fire doors on the bedrooms and you want that in your quotes and you want to factor that in just, just in general. Just as an aside, if, you, if you're doing floor plans with big open plan spaces, there are options where you can get sprinklers, obviously. There are options where you can get these mist systems, which probably I would say is the better plan than a sprinkler system. They have a small unit that goes under the stairs and they're a lot less intrusive than sprinklers. And if they go off or they go wrong, you're not going to have everything soaked. Although I think nowadays, I think the technology is pretty good and that would be unlikely. But it's a big old job to put in a whole sprinkler system versus MS system. Um, What else has been coming up on the floor plans? What you need to do is you really need to visualise in your mind's eye walking through that space. And again... If you find it really hard, there are companies out there that can draw things up for you. I mean, if you really even wanted to, you could take a look at SketchUp. There's a free version. It's not that hard to learn the basics of if all you're doing is planning out, mapping out a floor plan. And you can just trace it over and then bring the walls up. There's lots of there's lots of tutorials on YouTube, actually, to take a look at. And there's some other there's some other free software. I forget what it's called because I don't, I don't use it. But there are companies that will draw these things up for you for not a crazy amount of money so that you have it to sort of envisage yourself in if you find it really hard to walk through in your mind's eye. Take note of the width of doorways. You might want to widen some things. 
make them into through ways rather than actual doors, maybe double doors instead of single doors to add some drama in certain scenarios. And you may also want to add some kind of features too. And like an arched doorway is a lovely feature. You can you can do pocket doors with arches as well. They look very nice. An opening that's wider than normal or an opening that's higher than normal is a nice feature too if you want to put things like that in. And then also think about your positioning of your furniture and where you're putting stuff because again, unless you're getting an electrical plan as well from your architect, in which case, great, that gives you a really good starting point. You really want to think about where you're going to be placing furniture and artwork um, and things like that and where you're going to be doing what things. So for example... If you've got a lovely piece of artwork, you want a picture light there. Or if you've got your banquette table in your kitchen and above it is your skylight, then you might want some wall lights there so that of an evening you can just chill the lights out. You know, if you've got friends around or whatever you're drinking wine, you don't have to have some light on the other side of the room or, God forbid, your main lights on when you just want, like, chill evening time you know and that's all in your electrical plan and that needs to be thought about it also needs to be thought about for tenders because you want to know how many light points you are going to have you don't need to tell them initially what those lights are going to be you don't even need to tell them initially to get the quote whether they're going to be wall lights or ceiling lights just so long as they know how many points there are in a room they can quote on that for you and give a very good idea. It, it, it's worth also saying I, I've had a few situations lately where people have wanted rough ideas of pricing. And I will say, I will say for extensions and renovations, you need a scope before you can get any relevant information on pricing. You really do. And the scope comes from the floor plan and you use that to really think through what you're doing, where you're doing it etc then you can start getting some meaningful pricing even if builders aren't really liking a massively involved spec that an architect might put forward if you can get a scope out then that should really help as a rule of thumb at the moment you can expect to pay probably 1300 pounds per square meter in london for extensions depending on what builder you go with. But if you want a starting point, there's your starting point. Obviously, again, spec dependent. If you're about to have bookmark marble or, I don't know, massive ranges and things like that, then obviously price goes up. But back to floor plans. What else on floor plans is useful? Let me think. Window placement and door placement is very useful to think about because... If you're anything like me, I like my sink to be near a window, for example. Another thought is that if in your kitchen extension, all of your skylights are unopenable and all you've got is a massive door for ventilation, then considering we live in the UK and it does get cold, even though we're getting hotter summers, as we've been shown, um, it was bloody snowing the other day and it's March, you probably want a situation where you do have a window to open somewhere. Otherwise, you've got no outdoor access other than opening a really big door. And when it's cold, you probably don't want to do that. Or at night, whatever. And if you've got a window to open when you burn the toast or or whatever else you're doing in the kitchen, or if it just gets too hot, 
probably less likely now with everyone not turning their heating on. <laughs> or even in the summer when it is hot and you get a little through draft, you might not want to keep the door open all the time, but at least you have somewhere you can open. So windows and doors, think about them, think about where they open, how they open, where other things are going to be positioned around them. Similarly, your rads, all these are generally put in on the architect's drawings, but they may not correspond with where you want to position things in in the house when it comes to furniture and sort of FF&E, we call it, which is basically everything in the house that if you picked up the house and turned it over, everything that would fall out is called FF&E in the trade. So all of those type of items, you know, you don't want the rad in the wrong place where you want to put a wardrobe in your bedroom and you don't want the door to your ensuite in exactly the place where I don't know that makes it really awkward on on the other wall so do think about what you're putting into rooms and how that will relate also think about splitting splitting areas up a bit and how you're going to split bigger areas up because you could use a bit of internal architecture to do that and the floor plan once you've got your floor plans it's a good time to have a little think about that sort of thing. And also factor in measurements. If you're, if you're doing loft, lofts and if you're doing um, a- a- anything new, really, adding any new rooms, new walls, stuff like that, factor in what sizes make a bedroom a bedroom. Factor in the size of a double bed and your bedside tables. And if you need to move that wall slightly do again if in your bathroom think about where whether you're having a bath whether you want a big walk-in shower sort of whatever this is the time where you can play around with walls a little bit we had a situation where there was a walk-in wardrobe and not enough space was even given for doors to be open and for you to then stand in front of that wardrobe so you'd have to close every door to walk past it which is just not fun. And if you're messing around with your walls and you're building them and you're deciding where they're going, then you can move them just a smidge to make life comfortable. And yeah, okay, you could have sliding doors, but then you've always got half of your wardrobe closed and the doors, they just don't look very streamlined and nice. They're all sort of one sat behind the other. It's just not a nice look if you don't have to do it. So... Doors opening definitely is another one. Space for doors to open, whether that's doors in a hallway, whether that's doors in a walk-in wardrobe. If you've got a really big room and you have an island in the middle of that walk-in wardrobe, you still want to make sure there's enough space in between that island and the wardrobes for the doors to be open comfortably. Also, when when you've got divided doors as well, through doors into, let's say, the living room, And you've got like double doors. We've got double doors into our living room, like glass ones. So you kind of forget a little bit about the depth of the doors either side and the fact that obviously you can't put any furniture there. That's one to bear in mind if you're doing partition doors as well. You need to know the full swing of that door to see how it's going to affect what items will be in that room. Also, similarly, the the views from room to room, you probably want to be a little bit mindful as well. Some people really love having a really long view right to the back of their house from the front door. I personally, it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable having very 
open spaces, to me, it makes a room feel kind of like a constant corridor, um, which I'm not very keen on. But I know that some people are massively keen on it and they really love it. It gives them a great feeling of space, my husband being one of them. The arguments that we have had about open plan versus not in that scenario are many. However, just for the record, I have now won. He is now fully on my side. And as we go forward in our next renovation, it's probably going to be a higgledy-piggledy mess of loads of tiny rooms, which will make me very happy. (laughs) I like a house you can get lost in. So think about the views that you're going to get from space to space and are they the views that you want you don't want the view of your sink whilst you're sitting down in your other room watching tv or chatting with friends or whatever it's just a bit of a depressing view similarly are you happy with doors opening onto like wc doors opening onto the kitchen or not some people are some people aren't so yeah a lot of this can be thought about by closing your eyes and envisaging walking through the floor plan. And if you can't do that and you find that really hard, then there are lots of companies that can draw it out for you. You can speak to someone like myself or anyone else that does interior design these sorts of services to just have a chat through with you. Make sure you're not missing anything because change orders cost money. If you go through a lot of effort to create the floor plans, get an architect to create the full spec etc and you get quoted on that and then later on down the line you're changing your mind that is when it's going to cost you at this point when you haven't begun it's not going to cost you it's going to be an edit in price and also then you find out the price and you have a bit of time to sit and think on it it goes back to timings and allowing yourself time I can't remember which podcast I was talking about that in but I was saying how important giving yourself time for these projects is yeah I think that's everything that I can think of another another thing that came up in the calls with regards to sort of looking at floor plans was looking at where things like boilers are going to be where electrics are going to be like your fuse box and stuff if you've got things like ground heat pumps you know where their little boxes are that come in all the other boxes and gubbins that we have to have somewhere in the house that aren't exactly attractive or or nice to have to hide but that's the kind of thing as well that you want measurements before because if you want to box them in or have them higher up on the wall or lower lower on the wall or in certain places to just keep them out of the way or to fix them in with the designs that you want that's something that you want to know quite early on you know if you've got to hide a boiler in the kitchen then that's a certain cupboard that has to go in a certain place whether you like it or not so you want to have that in mind when you're designing your kitchen or when you're going to your kitchen people or what have you those sorts of that sort of information on the floor plan is really quite important too if you've got any specific specific quandaries about floor plans then when I put out my little poll about which area you want me to cover then click floor plans and you can come to the workshop as well so if you're specifically interested in floor plans then drop me a little dm click floor plans on the poll and then we can put that workshop together for you so if you're not following us on instagram pop and follow us if you are not following on facebook pop and follow us the instagram oh my gosh my phone is going crazy sorry the instagram is studio lff 
and the Facebook group is Ain't Nobody Like a Homebody. Come find us there and let me know what it is you would be interested to most have a workshop on. And in the meantime, as always, we really appreciate a few stars or a few likes on this podcast and any reviews you might like to give us, any feedback you can give us on there too, because we want to be putting out information that's really helpful to you. We want to be talking about the right stuff. I want to be talking about the right stuff. And I want to be sharing the right information to just help you guys go into things with your eyes open and just feel quite empowered to not be scared to make certain decisions, to feel like you know what you're talking about and to feel like you've considered everything when you're embarking on projects or, or even just thinking about what you want to do if you're going to work with someone like an interior designer or an architect. You know what you're coming to the table with because as much as interior designers, architects, builders all do their trades, the person who knows how you live and what you like and what you love and how you want to live is you. So if you come to the table knowing that, then you are really going to get an end product that you are absolutely in love with. And that is what we want to help happen. So thank you again for listening and come say hi to us on our other platforms and we will see you again next week. Have a great weekend. Bye.